Well, hey there. If we haven't yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of this business called Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of that mission, of that purpose, of that why coming to life for impact-driven leaders. Today, we've got a content episode, and in this content episode, I'm going to ask you some questions about where you've been and some questions about where you're going, because the title of today's episode is 2020, Evaluation and Expectation. We're going to evaluate what occurred in this wild roller coaster of a year that we've come to fondly know as 2020, and we're also going to clarify and articulate the expectations that maybe we've been holding, but we haven't yet been voicing about the next year, which is 2021. So I want you to put your thinking hats on. I want to make sure that you're at least listening hyper-intently and thinking about your answers to these questions, because again, this is going to be a guided practice that challenges you to evaluate what has occurred, but then also to anticipate and expect what is ahead for your business, your leadership, and your life. So let's go ahead and jump in because we've got a lot of content to get through today. Let's start on this topic of evaluation. And before we jump into the questions, I want to just list three reasons why evaluation is absolutely worth your time. So reason number one, there is not value in experience. There's value in evaluated experience. There's people out there that will say, well, there's always value in experience. There's always value in experience. There's always value in experience. False. It's a lie. It's not true. There's value in evaluated experience. We extract the gold, we extract the value out of our week, our month, our year, the experience that we've had whenever we take the time to intentionally, purposefully, and thoughtfully evaluate. It's crazy that last episode that we did where we walked people through some questions was the gratitude episode that we released Thanksgiving week. And we have gotten so much feedback from that specific episode. And it was really just rooted in the fact that it was the first time in a while people had stopped and slowed down to evaluate what was going on in their life. Now, in the case of that episode, it was evaluating what they were currently grateful for in the present time. But what we're going to evaluate today is what's previously occurred. Because remember, there's not value in experience. There's value in evaluated experience. Reason number two why this is absolutely worth your time. We understand the symptom through experience but we understand the source through evaluation. I believe this to be true. When we walk through an experience like COVID-19 or like the election that we've all been through or maybe something specific in your business or in your leadership or in your family or in your personal life, when we walk through an experience, of course, we understand the symptomatic issues, the external issues, because we literally live them, right? That the panic, the fear, the anxiety associated with COVID was something that we all experienced, right? And we saw how our team reacted. We saw how our business reacted. We saw how we personally reacted, but we only understand the source, the why we go upstream whenever we actually take time to evaluate. You cannot just understand the source just by being there in the moment. You understand the source whenever you thoughtfully really examine and investigate what actually happened there. 
Why did we respond or react the way that we did? What could be done differently in the future to make sure that we lead properly in situations where we are under pressure? That only comes through examination and evaluation. The final one that I want to share with you is that the best mistake is the one someone else made, so you don't have to. I believe that. The best mistake is the one that someone else made, right? Thank goodness they made it. I can learn from their mistakes, so I don't have to screw up that way. But the second best mistake is the one that you made, but you never make again. And if we just make mistakes and we don't take time to evaluate why we made the mistakes, then we are not guarding ourselves or guarding our business against making those mistakes again. So it's important to evaluate the mistakes that we've made. But also, I would say on the flip side of that, it's just as important to evaluate the ways that we were strong, the areas that we won, the areas that our business succeeded, because that should be the thing that we amplify, capitalize on, take advantage on. So many people under-resource the thing that they're actually doing well, and we can't figure out what it is that we're doing well unless we take time to intentionally evaluate. So I've got some questions for you, and we're going to give you a little bit of time after each question to really focus and evaluate your experience. We're going to give you just a little bit of time, and you can press pause if you want to, to go deeper and spend more time on it. And these are questions that are really rooted just in general of the experience you've had in 2020. They're broad by nature so that you can take them how you want to. Question number one, as a leader in 2020... Did you react or did you respond? We went through a lot this year. In general, as a leader, were you operating from a posture of passive reaction or were you acting from a posture of active response? And if you're like me, your answer is probably both. And if that's the case, look at the difference between the two. What were the situations where I reacted? What were the situations where I responded? And what were the results? Spend some time working on that right now. Okay, the next question I've got for you is there were situations and scenarios where we all experienced pressure in 2020. I have no doubt about that. In general, whenever you experienced high-pressure conversations, high-pressure decisions, high-pressure news and updates, were you panicked or were you present? Again, I'm asking you, were you panicked under pressure or were you present? Were you someone that was aware? Were you someone that was measured? Were you someone that was calm under pressure? Spend some time thinking on this right now.
The next question that I have for you is actually a pretty simple one that carries a lot of substance and depth with it. If you were to be honest with yourself, were you prepared for what happened in 2020? Now, that's a big question, and I'm not asking if you were expecting and anticipating and already knew that there was going to be a global pandemic that would affect the world, affect the economy, affect your business, and affect your life the way it did. No, I'm not I'm not asking that question. What I'm asking is, did you have your house in order for whenever crisis inevitably struck? There's a concept that Jordan Peterson teaches, and he actually teaches it in the lens of the Noah's Ark story, which is pretty fascinating. And most of us are pretty familiar with that narrative. And he says the thing that's so fascinating about that narrative is that is that our flood is coming. Your flood is coming. And in reality, our flood came in 2020, right? The symbolic flood, it was 2020, was COVID-19, was everything that we experienced with regard to the cultural upheaval in 2020. So our flood is coming. The question or not is, will we or will we not have built an ark? So when the flood came in 2020, symbolically, of course, was your ark ready? And I'm not asking you, If you said, oh, yes, the pandemic is here. I expected this. I already have a vaccine prepared. No, clearly no one had a vaccine prepared. No one was prepared for this. But what I'm asking you is, did you have your house in order? Was your team structured in such a way that they could deal with crisis? Were your personal finances and your business finances structured in a way that you could deal with crisis? Did you have retained earnings set aside? Did you have trust deposits in place with your team so that when change occurred the way that it did, when you told people, hey, we're going to have to work virtually, and now we're going to have to work from the office, and now we're going to have to do both, and you had to make all these changes and all these decisions, had you built up the trust that you were going to have to withdraw? from like we all did this year. Were you prepared? So this is a deep question and it's helpful for us to look in the mirror. And then the follow-up question that you can spend some time on, and this is all on the PDF in the show notes. If you want to spend more time with this, I put all these questions. I even put some additional ones in the PDF, but what would you have done personally and professionally to have been more prepared? I mean, yes, maybe some of you were prepared and you were ready and your team actually did really well and you thrived in this. Some people really did well in this crisis because it amped their creativity, their sense of urgency, their sense of ownership, but still we can all be more prepared. So what would you have done personally and professionally to have been more prepared? Spend some time on that right now. Okay, so those are the three evaluation questions that I wanted to ask you. And we've got some other personal and professional and leadership evaluation questions 
in the PDF of this episode. So like I said, you can click the link that's in the show notes, get that PDF. And if this is an exercise you want to continue walking through because it's fruitful, or maybe you want to walk a team member through it, that's been really valuable for a lot of people. Go ahead and get the PDF. So we looked at evaluation, which is what has occurred. Now let's look at expectation where we're saying what is coming and what are we really anticipating and expecting about what is coming. And before we jump into this, I want to give you three truths about our expectations. These are three things that I've learned that are really, really helpful for us as leaders to know are true about expectations. Number one, left to our own devices, entrepreneurs often fail to expect struggle and hardship. I've read so many articles and read so many books that all highlight the fact that optimism is an incredible quality for an entrepreneur. And many of the entrepreneurs that I work with, I would even qualify myself in this way. Many of my friends that are hyper entrepreneurial or impact oriented and impact driven, they are all optimistic in nature. And I'm not talking optimistic like they have a smile plastered across their face and they just deny all trial and tribulation altogether. No, I'm talking about optimistic in the fact that they can see possibility. They can see potential. They choose to see opportunity. Is that you? Do you choose to see opportunity? Do you choose to see potential? Do you choose to see possibility in the world around you, in the circumstances you're going through, in your office, on your team? I want to let you know that that's a beautiful thing about you. And that could also be the thing that crushes your business and crushes your team. (laughs) A little bit harsh. But here's why I say that. It's because entrepreneurs, because they're optimistic, often fail to expect struggle. But it's important that we not be delusional and just say that struggle is not coming. We choose to see possibility. And as a result, a lot of times we get blindsided by struggle. And I'm not telling us that we need to dwell on struggle. But what I will tell you is that it would be wise to anticipate it. This is a lesson that I learned in marathon running. Whenever I sat at the starting line of a marathon and I said, oh, this is just going to be easy. This is going to be great. I'm going to have a blast. Always around mile 22 or 23, it blindsided me and I ended up walking. It was my third or fourth marathon where I literally sat at the starting line and I said, man, at around mile 22 or 23 in about three hours, this is going to suck. I'm going to hate this. This is going to be really hard, but I also know something else. It's going to be worth it. I started to expect the struggle and I was still seeing possibility. I was still seeing opportunity, but I was also seeing reality. It's important that we as entrepreneurs recognize that a lot of times we can deny the impending struggle and in doing so, we actually hamstring our ability to reckon with reality. So left to our own devices, entrepreneurs often fail to expect struggle. Number two, people experience dissonance when their reality differs from their expectation. This is a principle that is so profound and goes far beyond the content of the lesson that we're talking about today, but it's so important for us to understand, and it applies to us as well. Our teams, our families, the people that we are experience dissonance When the reality that they experience differs from what they expected. So anytime we expected something, whether we spoke it or not, and then we come into this reality that differs from that expectation, well, man, we just were crushed. There's a great deal of internal conflict. We saw this play out in 2020 like crazy. Right. There were people that were saying, ah, 2020 vision. This is going to be my year. This is going to be awesome. Up and to the right. Continued growth. Absolute economic explosion. 
Well, how'd that work out for you? And there were some people that were just absolutely crushed. But the people that actually did well, or at least maintained stability during the roller coaster that was this year, were the ones that had set the expectation like, hey, I think that 2020 is going to be good. I hope that 2020 is going to be good. But my expectation is that you can't go throughout a year without experiencing some crisis. And I have no idea what form or fashion it's going to take, but there will be something that deviates us from the plan. And we might as well just expect that so that when it happens, we're not thrown off kilter. Those are the people that thrived or at least maintained stability in 2020. It would be wise for us to do the same thing in 2021. Finally, number three, when we voice expectations, we can check to see if they actually align with reality. There's a lot of times where I have expectations in my head about a way a team member is going to act, about a way our business or product is going to interact with the marketplace, about the way people are going to experience a podcast, about the way people are going to respond to a product that we launch, about the way our business is going to grow, all these things. I, I have all these expectations in my head, and if I don't voice them and they stay in my head, that's a really, really dangerous place. But the minute I voice them, maybe it's to a friend, maybe it's to a mentor, maybe it's to a colleague, maybe it's to a leader, maybe it's to a teammate. The minute I voice them and I actually get them out into the actual world, sometimes literally as I'm talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I expecting that? That's not a logical expectation. Or sometimes the person sitting across from me has to literally moderate me and say, Alex, like, make sure, make sure your expectations actually line up with reality. Or they ask me the question, well, what are you expecting that product to do? How are you expecting that team member to react? How are you expecting your customers to respond to that decision? It's so helpful to say things out loud, even just to ourselves or to write them down for ourselves on paper on purpose so that we can actually check to see if they align with reality. So we can actually check to see if they are logical. So we've got those three truths about expectations, and those are all in the PDF as well. Now I just want to ask you four questions, four questions about your expectations, and I'm going to share with you some of my answers as well. We're not going to put music on these questions because we're just going to let you spend some time on these on your own. And if you want to revisit these, you can spend some time on the PDF. Number one is what are you expecting for your industry in 2021? Think about your industry for a second. Because you know your industry better than I ever could. You know your industry better than any outside advisor ever could. And I want you to think about the industry that you're in. And based on everything we've been through, based on everything we're currently going through, and based on everything that, of course, you can't predict perfectly, but you can kind of see the way things are trending and the pattern that people are following, what's going to be true about your industry in 2021? This is a great time just to maybe voice some expectations. I'll tell you, I'm in the I'm in the coaching, personal development, content and leadership industry, right? That's what I do right now. And I will tell you it's crazy. I feel as though this industry has become oversaturated in the last 6 months. Have you noticed this? It's like everyone and their dog suddenly wants to be a coach. They realize they can work from home so they want to coach other people. I'm calling it the age of advice. So that's what I'm expecting 
about the industry in 2021. And honestly, I think maybe the consumer is going to start to get a little bit fatigued by all of the content that's out there. Again, this is an expectation. I don't know if it's true or not, but as a result, trust is going to be at a premium. I really believe that. I think that content you can trust because the people that are giving it or living it is going to be at a premium and that's going to be the content that people start sticking with. I really, really, really believe that. And so as a result, that's my expectation. Number one, when things start to get oversaturated and people stop interacting and and there's a drop off in in metrics and things like that, my expectation is that that would happen. So I'm not going to be completely blindsided by it. But how can I respond to that? How can I be proactive? Well, I'm going to coach our team. I'm going to make sure we're directing or hiring. I'm going to make sure I hold myself accountable to a standard of trust because I'm expecting that that's going to be held at a premium by the marketplace. Now, that's what I'm expecting for my industry. What are you expecting about yours? Now, I want to ask you, what are you expecting for your business in 2021? What are you expecting? Are you expecting it to grow? Are you expecting it to contract? Are you expecting it to stay the same? What are you expecting for your culture? What are you expecting for your leadership and your team? Think about this for a second. What are you expecting for your business in 2021? I'll tell you from personal experience and and where we're at with Path for Growth, I founded this business six months ago, and thankfully, things have grown pretty rapidly, and things are continuing to point towards growing pretty rapidly. We're opening up a new round of signups for coaching in 2021. We're looking at having a live event in 2021. Uh, We're doing some more really cool things with the podcast. We're going to start doubling down on our marketing efforts to start reaching and getting into the ears of people we have not yet had contact with. We're going to release our audio course. Spoiler alert, we're really excited about that. And so we're going to grow, or at least I'm expecting that we're going to grow. Now, I'm also expecting that that might not go according to plan. It could slow down dramatically, maybe because of the economy, maybe because of the presidential election, maybe because of buying habits change, maybe people just decide they don't like me. That could happen. But if trends and patterns continue, we will continue to grow. And so the thing that I'm going to have to focus on so that I proactively respond and don't just react is, man, I'm going to focus intentionally and deliberately on preserving the soul of our business and formalizing the structures of our business in the midst of rapid growth. Again, I want to preserve the soul and maintain the structure of our business in the midst of rapid growth. So because I'm expecting that growth, I can say, okay, how do we get on the front end of this? I've seen way too many businesses, way too many leaders run themselves ragged because they didn't anticipate the growth they experienced and therefore the growth ran them instead of them running the growth. And I'm saying, well, if I expect that, why not respond to it? Next, I want to ask you, what are you expecting for your leadership in 2021? For you as a leader, what are you going to have to focus on? What are you going to have to prioritize? What are you going to have to make sure you highlight in conversations? Where's the area that maybe you're going to have to lift your lid and expand? I will tell you, 2020 for our business, when we think about the paradigm of order and chaos, and if you don't know the language I'm using there, go listen to that episode we did on the podcast. Chaos is ambiguity, uncertainty, creativity. I would say we lived in the chaos arena for a lot of 2020 just because we were creating a lot of new things. And now my mandate as a leader and what I've promised a lot of our team is is 2021 is largely about taking that chaos and subduing it into order. 
Now, I lean as a leader into chaos. I love creating things. I love the vision side of leadership. I love stepping into the unknown and saying, let's launch something. But I'm expecting that as a leader, while I can do some of that, my priority and the promise that I've made to my team is that in 2021, we're going to be focusing on order. We're going to be focusing on system and process and routine. And I'm expecting that. So when, even though that's the stuff that I don't like, whenever it comes, I'm just going to say, well, this is what I'm expecting. It's like mile 22 of a marathon. It sucks, but at least I expected that it would suck. So now it's like we're following the plan. What are you expecting will be demanded from your leadership in 2021? And then the final question I have for you in this expectation session is what are you expecting for your personal life in 2021? What's coming down the pike? Is it decisions for your family? I I know a lot of friends right now that have kids on the way. I know a lot of friends right now that are getting married. I mean, that's a big deal. You should really evaluate your expectations there. I know a lot of people right now that if they were to be honest with themselves, they're expecting that everything in their personal life will get better the minute 2020 is over. I hope that's not you. But if it is you, I want to lovingly tell you that's not true. Change never occurs dramatically, and it's not like the clock is going to strike midnight and everything is going to be better. It really has very little to do with the calendar and everything to do with your attitude and your mindset. If you want change that is lasting and meaningful, and if you want to get back to a spot where you have life and you're operating in community and your mindset is correct, commit yourself to a pattern of habitual and consistent and rhythmic growth. And we're going to be talking a lot about that in January here on this podcast, but don't set the expectation that everything's magically going to get better the minute you wake up on January 1st, 2021, because that's not how life works. So let's say that expectation and then realize that expectation is false and let's create an expectation that aligns with reality. I'll tell you for my personal life, I'm expecting that there might be a move coming in 2021 and it might be out of the state that I currently live in, which that's a pretty big upheaval. So that represents chaos, right? And so anytime we step into a season of chaos, a season that's new, a season that is unpredictable, well, we need to make sure we have a lot of things in order so that we can sustain that chaos, so that we can live in that season of chaos and so that we can actually thrive in it. And so that's what I'm expecting. And so when that inevitably occurs, it's not going to catch me off guard. I'm not going to be blindsided by the fact that that's happening. It's just just going to be the reality that I have to reckon with. I hope that you can see the value of both evaluation, looking back at the 2020 that was, and expectation, clarifying, communicating, and articulating what we're thinking about what's ahead. And I would encourage you to spend some time on this. It always helps to get your thoughts out on paper. Maybe talk with someone on your team about it. Y'all, this is good work that's worth doing because you're priming the pump to jump into January from a position of strength. And from a position of vitality. And that's what I want for you. Hey, real quick before we go, thank you to everyone that has rated and reviewed this podcast. Seriously, some more of you did it just last week. And I really, really read those reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. And that helps me know what is helpful, what is not helpful. Really, really, really thank you so much for doing that. And if you haven't done it, I'm going to ask you personally if you would go and do it. That just really, really helps us. Also, if you want to stay connected with us on social media, it's at Path for Growth. I'm at Judd on the Run. Make sure you hit subscribe 
subscribe on this podcast so that we come to your inbox. We're going to have a fun episode next week. It's it's kind of a goofy. It's either the worst episode I've ever done or one of the best, but there is no middle ground on next week's episode. So be looking forward to that. Y'all, I'm so excited that we get to experience and celebrate Christmas next week. And then we're going to jump straight in with huge plans that we have for this podcast and for the Path for Growth community in January. Thanks so much for listening today. Know that we're rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.